Sophia Minard. And that right there means baseball at its best. And now, leading off for your Milwaukee Brewers, Valley Sports Wisconsin, Sophia Minard. Welcome back to Homer and Tony, your cousin sub of the day, Dario Melendez, sports director over at Channel 12. Welcoming in one of my former partners, Sophia Minnert over at Bally Sports. Oh, mine too. Sophia. Oh, yeah. And over your partner. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, we're it's all like, like a, family here. It's a family reunion, Sophia. How's it going? Are you, You're in Philly, right? Family reunion. Yes, we are in Philly. Uh, so, obviously, I think the big news so far of the day is Wade Miley being put on the what is it, 10-day IL, 15-day IL? What's up with him right now? 10-day, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, that, yeah, that news came out yesterday. So uh, he was scheduled to start here tomorrow for his first start of, uh, after the All-Star break. And just it's just left elbow for him. Um, he's hoping it'll be the minimal amount of time. He started that one to nothing shutout Sunday before the All-Star break. Um, and he threw a bullpen Friday in Cincinnati. And just it, it didn't go as well as what he had hoped for in terms of how he was feeling physically and how he recovered after that. So they're, uh, they're going to give him a couple extra days. And, and, again, he's hoping it'll be a minimal amount of time. So Colin Ray will get the start for him tomorrow night. Sophia, is it ligament issue? Is it bone spur? I know he's been dealing with that. I mean, did he talk about that at all? No, I think just general soreness. It's not not a uh, anything crazy, like not UCL or anything like that. All right. So this is all obviously not great news. The good news is, as you just mentioned, doesn't sound like it's going to be too bad. Maybe just needs a little bit of break. But man, they had a great great start to the second half of the season, sweeping the Reds, regaining first place in the process, adding a little bit to that lead. I mean, when you look back on that series against the Reds that just happened, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, the pitching was just dominant, um, and, and I think you can take that back even to, uh, again, Sunday, that, that one to nothing shutout to have three straight shutouts, uh, the two that were back-to-back, one to nothing games. I mean, it was just it was quality starts from Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. They did an excellent job. Adrian Hauser gave them five and two-thirds. And then I think the bullpen, um, I think Devin Williams, the efficiency that he had, um, and over the weekend, he got all three saves, and he needed 31 pitches total over the course of those three days to, to get those wins. And I, you just can't ask for anything more than that from Devin. I mean, it was 14 pitches, eight pitches, and then I think nine um, on Sunday. And, you know, the job that Yoel Piams and Elvis Figueroa and Holby Milner, the job that they've done in front of Devin, um, I think they just they did an excellent job. And, and we know that the Reds have been one of the hotter teams National League offensively. Uh, I thought they did a phenomenal job pitching to Ellie De La Cruz, the, you know, their rookie that has gotten a ton of attention. They held him over in the series. Um, I think it was five or six strikeouts for him in the series as well. So uh, they, they definitely shut down that offense, and it was it was really dominant stuff. Sophia, um, my question would be, me and Dara were talking before about, you know, how they, they, they lost to the A's and everybody was worried. And Dara was like, it's too early to, to be concerned with that. Uh, but uh, given what they just did, what can, can we take something from this? Is it time enough where we can start like looking at stuff and saying, okay, well, maybe this does mean something? You know, I, I think like since that losing streak that you're referring to, I mean, they've they've been excellent. Um, they've gone 18 and eight in that stretch, and I think if you're if you're talking about the division, you know, they they went into the break trailing the Reds by a game, and now they've got a two game lead, and probably most importantly, um, with 
with their sweep over the weekend, they were able to get the the season series tiebreaker in their advantage. Um, they've gone eight and two against Cincinnati. So if it comes down to a tiebreaker situation, um, like it kind of did last year for them when they were trying to chase down the Philadelphia Phillies, um, in that case, they had to pass the Phillies outright because the Phillies had the tiebreaker advantage uh, in terms of a head-to-head matchup. The Phillies had won, I think, four to two last year. So all of that stuff, I mean, these are July series. You can't win a division in July. Um, but, you know, getting these season series, like, head-to-head matchups is, is really important because you feel like you're taking care of your own business, so then you're not asking for help from other teams in front of you if, if that's the case down the stretch in September. So um, I think that's one thing this team has done really, really well uh, is, is winning the games and series within the division. Um, they've been one of the best teams in the league at doing that. They're 20-9. They're and nine against the National League Central. And so I think they're, they're coming in with some momentum, and now they're getting their first look at the Phillies here tonight. Sophie, you mentioned the tiebreaker. Are you a fan of the tiebreaker the way it is now? Because I used to love the game 163, sometimes 164 drama. Like we saw, what, in 18 when the Brewers went down to yeah. Wrigley and beat the Cubs? I mean, what do you prefer? I mean, it, it was great drama. I think, like, just as sports fans, we love a winner-take-all game, like, no matter what it is. Um, and, you know, 163 is a little different in that regard. But I think I, I do like um, the newer format. Um, I just think it's more true to, like, baseball specifically. It might work better in other sports, uh, that kind of format. But I just think because you play – series you play you know each team within your league twice um i think that's probably a better indication of just like the team and the season overall now that being said we've had this conversation with craig and it's like again to not to bring up the reds again but like you're playing the reds nine times in july and then you're done with them for the rest of the season so it can also matter like when you're seeing a team um you know are you healthy are you not healthy are they hot are they not hot like who do they have out you know it it just when the the times at which you play teams um can matter at that point so um but i do think like the new format is just kind of more true to how the season goes talk with sophia minute brewers beat reporter for bally sports wisconsin she's a team reporter you see her on bally all the time uh sophia i haven't been able to talk to you about this in a while so i want to get your impressions Kind of much on the first half of the season, you're, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You're newcomer of the year, you're pitching MVP, and you're MVP for the first half. So if you had to put a newcomer of the year trophy up on uh, the mantle, who would you give it to? Newcomer of the year. Um, for the first half, I should say. Yeah, I think um, I think you'd have to probably say... Brian Anderson or William Contreras are like kind of right there neck and neck for me. I think VA has given this team excellent defense at two positions, uh, right field at third base. I think he's had to play a lot more third base than what they were anticipating. And part of that was the injury to Luis Rios, but he's also been excellent over there. Um, and then I think William Contreras, just because of what he has brought this team offensively, I think he's done a really good job improving defensively. I think he calls good games for the team. Um, so I think those two are kind of neck and neck for me. And then uh, on the pitching front, I think you'd have to say Devin Williams. Um, you know, putting together another all-star season. He's been lights out. Um, his workload was, was really different at the start of the year. Uh, and now we're kind of we're back into like what we expect from this team, where it's a lot of close games, a lot of one-run games. And Devin has 
answer the bell every time. I think he's done a great job uh, being available um, whenever he has to be ready. So uh, those that was my pitching. And then what was the other one? Newcomer, just, pitcher. And, and then, MVP, like your overall MVP oh, for the first half. Yelly, Yelly, Yelly. Yeah, I think it has to be Yelly, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's got to be Christian. Has that been surprising to you at all, how he's kind of yes. refound it? Because, I mean, 18-19 were spectacular. He breaks his knee. I know you're out there in Miami when that happens. And then 20, you, you give him a pass because it's a weird year. But 21-22 were just not the same guy we saw in 18-19. and 19. But now it seems like it, it's starting to round back into that form. Yeah, I think um, you know that is always kind of what Christian is going to be measured against. I think that's... He knows that. Um, I think the fans, that's, what the, that's the standard, you know, that they're always going to hold him to. I do think that um, last year was a really quietly productive year for him. It wasn't like the big power numbers that we're used to seeing. But he played in more than 150 games last year. And he led the team in a number of offensive categories. You know, Willie and Rowdy kind of took over the headlines with, with the power. But, uh, you know, Christian led the team in, in hits and walks and runs and um you know, he was just available every day, and I think that was huge for him. Um, and I, I'm not surprised, honestly, by the by the production here. Um, you know, I think like a lot of players, he, he had kind of a quiet April, but ever since May when he went to the toe tap, I think he's found something repeatable and consistent, and it's hard contact, and he's getting on base, and he's a great base runner. And again, he's, he's been healthy. He's leading the team in game play. So I think all, kind of all of that put together is, really good sign for him and hopefully continues here in the second half. Sophia Minner, Bally Sports Wisconsin Brewers team reporter. Sophia, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, have fun out in Philly. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. See ya! Yeah, I mean, Christian Yelich's having a really good year. <laughs> Just a really good year. And it might not be 18-19 Christian Yelich, but it's definitely 2017 it's just, Marlins It's just Yelich. not hitting the homers? or uh, Yeah, the power's not there as much, but 18-19 were just weird. Like, we, we talk about Mike Trout, right? Probably the best player in baseball. Shohei Otani, the best player in baseball. Yep. 18 and 19, Christian Yelich was the best player in baseball. Hands down. No one was better. So when he breaks his kneecap in 19 down in Miami, and you've seen this kind of regression the last two and a half years, it, it's just such a, a shock to the system. But when you look at his numbers in 16 and 17 with Miami, they're ext- they were good, really good, and they're extremely comparable to what he's doing now. So maybe next year he takes another step forward. We just don't know how much that that broken knee hurt him. Like yeah. well, you break your knee, hurt a lot. Yeah, knee. I mean, that sounds you break bad, your Dario. kneecap on your plant oh foot. Goodness, dude. that's gonna have some, I would think, residual effects on your swing. That just sounds really, really bad. Pro Football really, Focus really releasing their top. 10 NFL coaches entering 2023-4. Uh, Matt ah. LaFleur is not on it. Well, uh, not, Matt LaFleur, not yet. You Matt don't LaFleur know. wasn't 10 through 6. They haven't released right. 5 through That's 1 yet. Could be Will on there, bro. Matt LaFleur be 5 through 1? We'll discuss that next here on uh, Homer and Tony with your cousin of the day, Dario Melendez. Before we get to break, we got some tickets to give away. Come celebrate Milwaukee's original house party along our beautiful lakefront. German Fest, July 28th, 29th, and 30th, featuring authentic German food, beer, and this new year, Steel Timber Sports, an international extreme sports competition with axes and saws and more, all three days. Don't miss the glockenspiel. (laughs) 
What? Dachshund Derby. Dachshund Derby? Is that? I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Pebble, what is that? Is that, am I reading that right? Dachshund Derby? That's right, yeah. Oh, I was right. Cultural Village. See, I went to Berlin. I know how to speak German. Uh, Mardi Gras show. Uh, the I have no idea. The trash and sh- <laughs> What is this? Pebble, do you have the script? The tra- Trackenshaw? This <laughs> don't 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 the Trackenshaw. The Trackenshaw. <laughs> the Trackenshaw. What? What's really going sh- on? I right really now? should have proofread this one. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to be speaking German in this read. But anyways, pretty much it's Friday, Saturday night. Uh, so much more. And if you want tickets, we are giving them out. Uh, German Fest tickets and admission discounts. Visit GermanFest.com. So. Pebble, we are giving out German tickets, right? German we are, Fest yes. Tickets. So cool. Whatever call it, we want a four-pack of tickets to German Fest. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the hardest reads I've ever had. Wow. Uh, Tony, you want to try this Not next? Not bad. Uh, no. Uh, you pick the number. Uh, five. Caller number five. You win how many tickets to German Fest? Four. Four tickets yeah. to German Fest. Good to luck. experience the Glockenspiel, Donkshin <laughs> Derby, uh, the Traktenshaw, and the Scherzenjäger. Mm. What's a Scherzenjäger? Schwarzenegger. Well, we'll we'll have some we'll have more fun after this. <laughs>